you. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you all today. And, uh, it's a great privilege for me to be here and be part of this part of this service. And uh, uh, unfortunately, my wife you can see she's far prettier than I am, uh, and uh, she's not able to be with us uh, today. She she actually is a is a nurse, and so she's working. Uh, as a nurse during this time that we're home, uh, actually private care, and so she works during the week and sometimes on the weekends because uh, they need uh, more than more than uh, during the week. So, so I'm actually on my way, actually out to Omaha for leave here and go to Omaha today the rest of the week. So, so that precludes her from going with me. But uh, anyway, uh, so she sends her greetings. But we do want to just want to say that we're grateful for your support, and um, so there's a, should be a, a slide here, uh, so you can just kind of just uh, I don't know, just maybe swipe. Does that do it? There we go. So there we go. We're having a kind of like we had some technical issues with the PowerPoint and everything, but we want to give you at least something, and so we're they're trying to figure out how to use my iPad back there. So please be gracious with them. We, I, we kind of threw them a curveball, curveball today, but we are grateful and uh, for for your. Uh, well, look at there, hey, that's awesome. Uh, for your for your giving, which has allowed us to remain on the field for numerous years. I, I don't I don't remember how long that it's been, but it's been it's been quite a number of years, maybe fifteen something like that, sixteen years. I, I can't really say. We've been out on the field since 1998, and so uh, we've been we've been there a while, and the bishop's been a part of that very faithfully. We just want to say we're grateful. A lot of times people ask about our family. So we do have a family. There's a, a wonderful picture of our family here. Uh, we have two daughters, Aliza uh, and Stefania, uh, and we have two husbands, Brent and Jeremy. And, uh, and so they have three. We have we have four four grandchildren, but there's only three in this picture, and that was at Christmas time. But we have one more, and if you just the next slide here is Josiah Douglas. Yeah, he's uh, born on April 14th, so he didn't make the Christmas picture very well. So, but uh, that's uh, that's right. That was like it's 18th or something like that. So April. So, so that's wonderful. Wonderful to be a part of uh, of their of this time at home. It's really a special. For us as grandparents, and uh, so, so, yeah, that's good. It's so cute. Um, we do. Li we live in the country of Lithuania. Lithuania is in the east in Eastern Europe. Uh, it uh, should be a picture of this as well. Uh, a picture of where we are on the map. You can see it's the red, the red, uh, the red country there, the northeast shoulder of Poland. It's in far. It was the one of the. It's in the to the former Soviet Union, uh, and so not a lot of people are familiar with Lithuania, but it is uh, it is uh, nonetheless a wonderful and beautiful country. We do live. We also we, while we live in, in Lithuania, we minister in, the, in the, the area of Eurasia Northwest, and so Eurasia Northwest is seven seven different countries: the Baltics, Estonia, and the North Latvia, then Lithuania, where we live. And we, we kind of skip over Belarus, and then it's Ukraine and Moldova, uh, which are kind of the breadbasket. The, the northern countries, they're more like European. Uh, this is kind of like the, 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 
you know, with a lot of farming and, and everything, very, very much like, like this part of the country. And uh, then Georgia and Armenia is, is kind of like a Mediterranean, more Mediterranean feel, the mountains down there. And uh, you, you want to go there when you're hungry, because they serve really good food. And they don't let you leave until you're, you're overly stuffed. Yeah, so it's a, great, it's a great place to go. Um, but we, we do minister in those, in those countries as well. Because we're on the, the Eurasian Northwest lead team, uh, our area directors, Nick and Olivia Puccini, have uh, asked us to serve alongside them uh, to help in, in, in leading our area. You know, the, as soon as God divides the world up into uh, six areas, uh, one of them is called Eurasia. And in Eurasia, there's actually seven, uh, seven areas. So we're, we're in the areas called Eurasia Northwest. And so this is, our, this is Eurasia Northwest and our, our lead team, us and the Puccinis, and we, we help with anything from rec- recruiting to administration to, you know, you know training, pastoral care. Uh, we just work, we want to help, we want to help the missionaries do and be what, what God has called them to be and to do. And so, uh, so this is really mission critical for, for us. This is kind of, um, kind of the first our first team, you know, we're on several teams, but this is our first team being on on, on their team. And we uh, normally, you know, pre-COVID, you know, I'm glad we're getting past that now. Of course, and aren't we all? Hallelujah. Uh, we, uh, uh, we, uh, we travel a lot, and uh, we, we, we go into, into countries, and we help them work on, work on issues, problems, training. Uh, just encouraging and just bl- blessing and lifting them up, and it's so vitally important. We do have another thing. Is, is about we, we have a, we emphasize church planting. We have a church planting method, and um, in Eurasia Northwest, we church plant in teams. Is what we do. Long gone are the days of you know just okay. We hope you have a good luck planting that church. You know we'll pray for you. You know that's gone. Uh, because, you know, if you think about the, the New Testament, that's not the way that the New Testament did it. You remember, Paul always traveled with a group of people, right? He was the greatest church planter in the New Testament. He always traveled with a group. Jesus traveled with a group. I mean, we're talking always traveling and ministering alongside other people. The Bible talks about us being members of, of a body. I can't... I can't say to the hand, I have no need of thee. And, you know, we, all this whole big metaphor is really critical. We need each other. That's why all of you are needed in this church to minister to the whole community because you don't know everybody in the whole community, even though it's a, you know, it's a small community. You don't know everybody because you can't minister to everybody. Not everybody likes you kind of personality. And that's just the way it is. You know, it's, it's real life. Some people like other people better. And uh, so we, we need the, a whole team. God has gifted us uh, differently. And so uh, we have, in Eurasia Northwest, we also have a big dream. And that big dream is to, uh, is to realize a church planting movement among every people group in Eurasia Northwest. So that, this is repeat that again. We are to realize a church planting movement among every people group in Eurasia Northwest. So all the people groups, they need to have a church planting movement. And those three words, a church planting movement, 
those are chosen very specifically. Uh, a church planting movement is, is when you have a multiplication of churches, not just a simple addition, but a multiplication, getting a multiplication effect uh, of, you know, to, you know, like an exponential where a daughter, you know, one church has, has a, gives birth to another church, and those churches, that church, and then both of those churches give birth to two more, and then, you know, it just continues on and on and on, and to where soon you're, you're having a, an incredible impact on the on the society at large, and so really we really want to see this happen all throughout Eurasia Northwest. Uh, we have, we believe that God has called us, David and Candor Millsaps, to uh, to a specific mission, and uh, that is that we accelerate disciple making and church planting movements by training and empowering catalytic leaders. Uh, that's kind of a mouthful there, but. Uh, that's what we do. We want to accelerate what God is doing in the lives of our missionaries. We want to accelerate church planting movements because it's a disciple making is what makes the church planting movements. And we do that by training and we empower them. And we, we are looking for catalytic leaders, the kind of catalytic leader that says, you know, that you know, God has his hand on. It's like this person is a is a really a leader, not a, necessarily a follower. But this person is a leader. They can, they can get things done. And we want to help and, and empower them. You know, church planting, it's not easy. It's really, it's not easy. I mean, we can talk about it a lot. There's nothing to do it. And, uh, you know, our job, if we kind of sum it up, our job is to, uh, is to, make, it, is to make it easier. Is to make it easier. It takes a team of humble, hardworking, intentional, dedicated disciple makers to plant a church. And if we can do that, if we can help them to do that, that's what we're all about. So we have a, a little video here uh, that's going to show you about what we're what we're doing.
So, I just want to ask you, what about you? What are you going to do? You know, we can't do this alone. Didn't, God didn't mean for us to do this alone. So I want to ask, will you pray? Will you give? And will you come and help us? You might not be too old. You might think, well, I'm too old. No, you're probably not. You've got gifts and talents that we can use. You're part of the, of the team, a, a member of the body of Christ, and God can use you. Our dream is to help recruit, five, or recruit and train five or six new church, plant, church planting team leaders, those the people who are leading the team, and the missionaries that they will be on their team. We're talking about maybe 50, 60 missionaries in the next couple of years. So if that's you, I would love to talk with you about that and uh, help you help me with it. Um, we have a, our web, a website uh, that's going to be on the screen here, dkmillsaps.net. If you'll just take, a, your, take your phone out or take a picture of that camera code, it'll take you right to our site. And uh, um, you, can, you can do that and uh, see, check us all out and uh, maybe bookmark it. You can sign up for our newsletter there if you'd like. Follow us on on, uh, on, on Facebook, and um, <coughs> we want to we want to be a part. We want to want to stay connected connected to you, and uh, so this will um, this will this will help you. I had my phone out during that video. I was looking for looking for a post that I saw today. It just came to my mind. Um, the Nick and Olivia Puccini. Nick, today was Nick's last Sunday that he preached at the church, um, and uh, the I, I couldn't I couldn't find it. I'm very fr fr frustrated. Couldn't find the post, but the 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 uh, the leader, church leader, the bishop they call him, like the superintendent of the church uh, there in Lithu in the, in Estonia. Uh, because the last time that they were home for itineration was about, I don't know, maybe seven years ago. So they, they've taken a long time where they would been, they've been gone. They've been planting a church, and then they became the area director during, during that time. And so, so he, they said, because you left home and because you obeyed the voice and the call of God, there's now a church here, a life-giving church. That's the word he used, a life-giving church here in Tallinn. And uh, a pastor in place, a national pastor to to lead that church, and you're leading that national pastor in place. And that's 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 the goal. That's really what we're, what we're after. And so we're very thankful thankful for that. Today I want to talk with you just uh, briefly about changing the spiritual destiny of a nation. Changing the spiritual destiny of a nation. Um, even just the title of that, it's, it's like, wow, that's pretty big, right? That's ambitious. That's a huge goal. I mean, whoa, that's that's enormous. How could you possibly, how could you possibly have such ambition and such? You think more, you think more highly of yourself than you ought, huh? Well, let me explain what I mean by that and why I think it's a. Uh, a justified vision. 
why do we want to do this? There's a, I'm just going to walk you through a few different verses of Scripture here. These are not new verses for anybody. Uh, for most of you who have been in this church. The first one is Romans chapter 3 and verse 20, number 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's why we want to change the spiritual destiny of a nation. Because everyone has sinned. You and me included. The next verse says, For the wages of sin is death. So the wages of that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I, I'm so thankful for that comma and then the but. It makes, it makes a world of difference. Because otherwise we'd still be dead in trespasses and sins. We'd be dead. We would have no life. But the gift of God not something we earn, not something you have to strive for, but it's the gift of God. It's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Amen. You, you see, there's if, if, there, if there was another way, well, then there could be a lot of ways. But we believe that there's only one way. There's only one name that gets us into heaven. That gets us into... And heaven is not necessarily a, a, you know, a destination. Yes, it is a destination. But really, eternal life is, is now. Or it's the relationship with God that is now. That is the most important thing. That is now. And yes, it's going to continue on through this, this eternal life. A lot of times we start think, start think, stop to we, we often think, well, that's for later. You know, I, eternal life is like, well, eternal life is now because it's so involved in our relationship with God, having a, our loving Jesus being part of, of of His of His life, the life uh, style that comes from from knowing Him. And then the, 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 the pinnacle verse of all, John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that, who, uh, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish. They wouldn't die. You know, we talked about dying earlier, but if you believe in Jesus, we're not going to die. You'll have eternal life. God so loved the world. That's the reason. God so loved, and therefore, if we love God, then we love the world. We have compassion. So that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And not only all of those scriptures, but the classic missions verse of Matthew chapter 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We don't often talk about that part. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this is, this is key for us. This is important for us. And then, on, on top of all of that, 
You know, a couple of weeks ago was Pentecost Sunday. I think this is the Pentecostal yeah. church, right? It says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Amen. So, you still think I'm crazy? We believe that all are sinners. We believe that the wages of sin is death. We believe that Jesus is the only way. We believe that Jesus died for everybody. And Jesus commissioned us to make disciples of all nations. He told us He had sent the Holy Spirit, and He did, and He's empowered us. And that we would be His witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That is why we envision audaciously changing the spiritual destiny of a nation. A church planning movement among every people group in Eurasian Northwest. This is why we go. This is why God's people give to missions and the offering. This is why. It all makes sense now. This is why we believe we can realize a church planting movement. So, how can this happen? What's the, what's the solution here? How can this happen? Let me just explain to you what we do in Eurasia Northwest. We've adopted the following kind of strategy. I want to just lay the strategy out for you so you know that what we do, what it is that we're doing over there um, in, in Eurasia Northwest. This is kind of what we teach, what we train, and the way that we live. We live incarnationally. So we live, or we, we are learning and ministering to the people in their own language. So you remember, you remember what happens in December, right? Somewhere around the 25th, we celebrate this wonderful day, right? Jesus' birth, right? The incarnation of Christ. That doesn't mean that, you know, I mean, I mean, he, he came as a baby, yes, and, and all this, you know, the stable and all of that, and Mary and Joseph. And, but really, the essence of what he did was he lived and walked among us as a human being. The God had Jesus coming down and descending and, 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 and taking on human flesh, taking on the, the nature of a servant, becoming obedient even to death. I mean, we're talking, we're talking that is an incredible miracle right there. The incarnation of Christ is so powerful. And it's an absolutely beautiful thing. We learn the language of the people. Jesus spoke Aramaic, right? He learned the language, the people's language that he, you know, that the everyday common folk spoke. That's what he spoke. That's what we need to speak. If I came here and spoke to you and, you know... A Lithuanian, that wouldn't be a very benefit to you because you all likely don't know Lithuanian, right? So what, what good would that be? If I go there and speak English, what good would that be? I have to go and humble, humbly learn their language. Live missionally. That's part of what we do. And believe it or not, sometimes it's difficult to do that. It's difficult. Not easy more language, by the way. Missional, the next thing that we do is it's called missional living or personal evangelism. Uh, or living a, a questionable life. Living a questionable life. We're going to talk a lot more about that 
So I'm going to bring that one out, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So I'm going to skip that for now. The third thing that we, we do uh, is discipleship. Here's where we coach people to learn to follow Jesus. We learn, teach people to learn to follow Jesus. I mean, Jesus said to make disciples of all nations. And then he said, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. You see, obedience is, is, is you know, it's, uh, it's the natural result of, of love. And when you love Jesus, you obey what he tells you to do, right? We do this through one-on-one relationship, through a personal coaching relationship where we sit down with them and we talk with them. We make, we grow them into disciples with the Lord's help as they submit to the Lord's uh, command, to His Word. And we teach them to obey everything that He's commanded us. They grow. Discipleship that is done right, that is done well, it makes more disciples. Right? It makes more disciples. When you do it right, it makes more disciples. And you know, once that momentum gets started, it's hard to stop. We call that a movement. We have a hashtag called one-to-one, kind of our motto on discipleship. The next thing that we do, the next area that we focus on is spiritual formation. And this is growing in life-giving community. So we are, you know, you know, it is... You know, missionaries are sometimes looked up to, I mean, you know, I mean, this is really, a, this is a great set, you know, you could say, you know, going to all the world, you got all the world there, and then you got back here, you got the pictures, my picture's back there, it's like, you know, five years old, I've changed, I've grown some, grown some beard, man, I love your beard a lot, it's really great beard, thing. and, yeah. and uh, I had, I cut mine in December almost, almost way back, because of COVID, you know. Anyway, I'm going to that. But, yeah, so we, we look different, you know. And, uh, but I mean, we're almost like, we're, we're like put on a pedestal. And I can sort of see why, why, you know, there's that thought, you know. But, you know, leaving family and everything. But really, we're just, we're just followers of Jesus. We just, we're just, we're just trying to follow him. We're just trying to serve him. And we're, we need to grow spiritually just as much as you do. I'm not, I'm not, I've not arrived. I've not arrived. And neither have you. We all need to continue to work on our, on our, on our spiritual relationship with Jesus, our, our devotional time, our, our quiet time, our listening time, our praying time, our worshiping time. So, we, are, we emphasize the spiritual growth. You know, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in me, then you'll, you know. That's where lasting fruit comes from, right? <laughs> Abiding in Christ. So, now, let's kind of go back a couple of steps. And I want to talk about that missional living or living a questionable life. Peace. 
There's a, a quote by a guy named Michael Frost. It's going to be on the screen here. Michael Frost says this. He says, effective evangelistic missions work occurs when we live generous, hospitable, spirit-led, Christ-like lives as missionaries in our own neighborhoods. That's pretty powerful. Let's read that again. Effective evangelistic missions work occurs when we live generous, hospitable, spirit-led, Christ-like lives as missionaries in our own neighborhoods. So we consider this lifestyle, missional living or living a questionable life, as one of our core competencies. Those other three uh, are also core competencies that we that we teach, and we we try to diligently to implement this, and, and it's it's part of our DNA, part of our what we teach every everywhere the everywhere that we go, the spiritual formation, the discipleship, the uh, the, the the missional the missional living and and uh, and so forth. So we just want to we just want to we just want to encourage uh, encourage our people to live like this. So um, should our lives be questionable? Like, ooh, I don't know if that guy's a question or not. No, it should be the opposite of that. It should invoke evoke questions, right? It should evoke questions. What is it about your life that is so different? What is it about your life that, that is just weird? We should be weird as Christians. Not in the sense of fruit loopy weird, you know, off on the deep, deep end, you know, where they want to lock us up. But weird where we're so compassionate and loving. People say, what is wrong with you people? If all believers led that kind of life, that evoke questions from their friends, the opportunities for sharing our faith would abound. You know, and the chances for a gifted evangelist among us to boldly proclaim would, would increase. You see, I'm not, I'm not a gifted evangelist. I don't have the ability to just come up and, you know, start talking to somebody, you know, 20 seconds later, I'm into, into, into Jesus, right, you know, right, just right off the bat. That's not me. God hasn't gifted me that way, but he's called me into missions nonetheless. And he's called you to be a part of this church and to part, be, a, be a witness. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's gifted you and equipped you to be an evangelist. If he has, praise the Lord, we need you. If he's taught you to be, help, called you to be a teacher, that's great, we need you. If he's called you to be an administrator, great, we need you. But he's not equipped us all to be the same kind of people. But he's called us all to live extraordinary lives that demand questions. Our task is simply to surprise the world with like, wow, wow. We have a, an acronym that we go by and we live by, and it's called BELLS. It spells out the word BELLS, B-E-L-L-S. So it's going to just walk through Bells today. It spells out, uh, yeah, it spells out bells. So bells, if the first one, the first letter is B, so bless three people each week. Bless three people each week, at least one of whom is not a believer and one who attends your church. So the three ways that we can do this are that we suggest, and there's a lot of ways, but the three ways that we suggest are words of affirmation, Acts of kindness and gifts. Acts of kindness and gifts. So, um, 
was Josh, right? Let worship Josh. Josh, you did a, just a marvelous job this morning. Not I mean, yes, you're great here too. But actually, what you tried to do in helping me get this PowerPoint thing working out, you went above and beyond it. It's like you could have just walked in and said, "Oh, it didn't work." Okay, well, here you go. Try to have to do it without. But we got it. We got it. We figured it out. Well done, sir, and and uh, commend you for that. So, so that is a word of affirmation that I gave Josh. Uh, and it's not just a simply like a word of affirmation I gave my bearded brother here. I mean, it's just like, okay, that's a nice beard. But, you know, I could say just as well, you know, I like your dress or something like that. Not for this guy, but, you know, that's something else. <laughs> so I took it up. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, so words of affirmation that are serious, that are not just kind of passing, passing off, you know. Uh, other acts of kindness, you know, like help somebody move or, you know, like really do something. <laughs> I really thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate that. What if, what if you give them a gift? If somebody really likes coffee and you go to some place that roasts their own coffee and you spend, you know, 10, 12 bucks on a, on a pound of coffee or something, it's like, I'm going to bless you with this, you know? Or, you know, it's like, wow, you didn't have to do that. But that's really nice of you, you know? I'm not saying you have to do that. It doesn't have to be a great amount of money. But just that you actually took time to remember somebody, that goes above and beyond what the normal thing is. The normal thing is it's for us to care about me and myself and I and nobody else. Right? So, let's, let's, let's bless three people each week. Can we do that? Not, that's not hard. Right? That's not hard. We can, we can do that. We can handle that. How many of you like to eat? That's the next one. The e, the e of bell. Eat. Eat with three people this week, at least one of whom is not a believer. You can do this without adding a lot of, to your busy schedule. We all have busy schedules, right? We're all working so many hours and going to school and, you know, you know taking care of kids and, you know, all of that stuff. But busy, we live, live a busy life. And so, but if we wanted to, you know, the, the, the bottom line is that if we want to share our faith, or if we want to impact people for the kingdom of God, we're going to have to spend time with them. We can't just, you know, expect, you know, just can't just open the doors and say, come to, you know, go to church, you know, here's the church and it's open, open on Sunday at 10. I mean, you know, like Field of Dreams, you know, we build it and they'll come. Sorry, we built it and they're not coming, you know, and by and large. We've got to spend time with them in their place or in our place, in their daily, regular lives, right? This is what we, we have, we're going to have to do this. So there's no better place than eating together. So now, uh, what's this brother who's going to take me out to eat today? What's your name? Bruce. Bruce is going to take me out to eat after this, this pastor's not here. He's going to take me out to out, out to lunch. You know, when I leave when I leave that meal, I will have a new friend because Bruce is going to say, "Well, I have a I, uh, Dave Millsaps is my friend who's a missionary." Rather than the rest of you will say, "Oh, we had a missionary at church this morning." His name is David. I'm going to be his friend. You know why? 
Because we're going to have broken bread together. Amen. There's something magical. Magical is not right. Something special. Something unique that happens when we break bread. Amen. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it works. That's just mere facts. Let's eat more together with people. I don't more, but let's eat more together with more people. And people, you know, and when people, when you're eating together, you do it with like with your whole family. You know, you invite other families in or other people in, and you know they see you get in a disagreement with your wife over you know whatever, and then how you make up, how you discipline your kids. Are you, what the difference is between your life and their life? It's like, oh, that's, that's, that's cool, man. I didn't know that you could actually apologize to your wife. You'd not have to get into a big knockout and brag out, you know? Yeah. Treat them with love and respect. What if you didn't get into a, into a conflict? You know? Okay, so, bless, eat, and then the third one is listen. Listen. You know, we've already established that we're Pentecostal people here, but we need to listen to the voice of the Spirit at least for at least a little bit of time each week. Listen. I think we need to take the spiritual media out of our the spiritual cotton of media out of our out of our ears, the media cotton. Worship music cotton. TV, Fox News, all of that, take that out. And just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because you know why? The Holy Spirit is speaking. He's saying, He'll love that person. He'll bless that person. He'll invite that person. He'll do this. God's going to use you. He's going to use you. Change the world. Change Algona with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Create space early in your week to listen for the voice to the voice of the Spirit. <clears throat> Solitude and silence are so needed today in our everyday, wow, 24-7 media, 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 music, 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 podcasts, books on Audible, you know, all of that, all of that, you know, stuff, you know. Probably just as guilty as the next guy. I'm trying in this area. So that's listen. The next L is learn. Learn. Learn by spending time each week learning Jesus. Learning Jesus. You think, well, that's what we do on Sunday. No. Well, yeah, we do. But what if you spend extra time reading the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the Gospels. That's the account of Jesus' life. Uh, I'm not saying to disregard Isaiah and Ephesians and Philemon and all of those. I'm saying, what if we spent extra time on focusing and learning Jesus and how Jesus interacted and how he responded to people who questioned him and, and all of those kinds of things? Because, you see, when I open my mouth, I want Jesus to come out. I don't want... Moses to come. I mean, yeah, okay. Whatever. But I want Jesus to be the first thing. I want Jesus to just come to radically transform my thinking. If I spend masses amount of massive amount of time listening to Jesus and learning Jesus, when I open my mouth, 
he comes out and not me, then we're far, far ahead. I'm far, far ahead of mine. Um, so don't don't abandon the, the, the reading of other scripture. Do not abandon it. Please do not. But if you just up the level of the Gospels, that would be awesome. And then the final thing, the thing that I think makes all of this work, is sent. Sent. By identifying yourself as a missionary or a sent one, journal the ways that you seek reconciliation between God and man. There is a thing in our brain called the reticular activating system. We you know what that is? We're aware of what that is? So if you, if you men are looking for a new pickup, all right, and you decide, I want, oh, there's one right there. You're looking for a new pickup. So if, you know, if you're looking for a new, you know, I, I, I don't know, I'll probably pick wrong, but Dodge or, you know, Ford or whatever, you know, whatever one it is, you just, all right, I want, I want, to, I want to get this, this year, this year, or, you know, whatever, then all you're going to see from that time on is those kind of pickups. All the rest of them will just kind of fade into the background. All those, like, come to life. It's the same thing when you ladies are shopping for a new pair of, of shoes. You know, you see a pair of shoes that you really like on somebody, and you go, oh, I really like this. I want to get a pair of those. So everywhere you look, nice. Everybody, everybody's wearing those kind of shoes. They must be really popular. You go in the stores, oh, they've got them. Oh, look at that color. They've got a pair. Oh, look at that. You know, it's like, it's like, then that's all that you see. Am I right or am I wrong? Right? This is so true. And this is, the reticular activating system is what makes all of this other stuff work. Because if we're blessing, if we're eating, we're listening, and we're learning, and then we are living sent, we're living on mission with Jesus as a, mission, as a person who's sent by God, then when we, what, what, what makes it work is we sit down and we journal. We write down, okay, today I ate with so-and-so. I blessed so-and-so. We discussed this. Journal what is going on in your life. Journal the ways that God is using you. You see, because what Bells is really all about is making disciples and reconciling people to God. That is, that is His ultimate plan for you in your life, is to reconcile people to God. That is the ultimate thing that we are doing. That's, that's what we are doing as missionaries, is we are reconciling people to God. 1 Corinthians, I think it is, says that knowing, what, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade men. We try. God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, right? This is how you can see all of these scriptures all coming, kind of colliding together. God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He's, brought, he's asking us to do this work. Why? Because He loves us. He cares about lost people. He doesn't want to lose any. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. You know, he's not, God is not slow in his return, right? He's, he's, he's patient, but who's he patient with? He's patient with you. He's patient with us. Because we need to be declaring the goodness of God to our neighbors and our friends and our loved ones. You see, Bells is not a program that church implements necessarily, but it is a rhythm of life. 
We get into a rhythm of life where it just bells. And we see who we can bless this week, who we can eat with, we listen, we learn Jesus, it's a way of life. We live sent, we journal those things down. Before you only, it all just starts piling up, and people are starting to ask us really weird questions like, What's so different about you? Can you tell me what, why, why you're different than me? I have this big emptiness in my heart, and you don't seem to have that. I think I can answer that question. Even, even if just not, not really a preacher kind of a person, you know? I haven't really even been trained. It's like, well, I've met Jesus. And, you know, then you can say, well, why don't you come to my church and pastor will tell you about it. Or, you know, i got this friend who's this deacon or somebody. You know, like, it's pretty simple at that point, right? It's easy to make disciples. I want to uh, I want to skip skip one slide and go all the way to two more slides to, to, to this film with Kristen. Kristen, Kristen was uh, um, she was an Estonian young lady, and uh, she, um, for lack of a better way, and just to, to maybe quote a country western song, she's looking for love in all the wrong places. You know. That, you know She's, you know, she's trying. She's trying to fill up that, that that empty spot in her life, right? So she actually, sure, she she's Estonian, and for some some reason I don't know why her family has maybe had little money, and so she winds up going as a young lady to uh, to out east somewhere like to Nepal, or India, somewhere like that, and it's kind of sad with a guru, you know, it's kind of, and, you know. It didn't work. That's the bottom line. It just didn't work. The other thing, so that didn't work. So then she says, well, I'm gonna, I'll just I'll go spend some time in Africa, you know? Kind of do the, help the poor, you know? And not that that's wrong. It's, it's good to, you know, to feed the hungry and, you know, to build, dig wells, and, you know, clean water. All those are good, good items to do, you know? You know, but you can't earn your way to heaven. You can't earn your way to a peace with God. You can't do it. Try as you will. It's not going to work. So, it didn't work. So then she winds up coming back to Estonia after a, you know, kind of a messed up relationship with the guy. So she winds up teaching. She speaks a few different languages. So she winds up teaching English, teaching in English at a... Uh, uh, an international school. Some of our, our missionaries there had their kids attending that school. And uh, these are our missionaries that are, you know, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're friendly. They're like Bell's missionaries. So they just invite her over for a game night, you know. Hey, you want to come have a game, play some games, you know, Friday night? Sure, I can do that. So she goes and plays games with him. So you know, naturally comes up in conversation. Well, tell me about yourself. What do you do? Why are you Why are you guys in my country, you Americans? Why are you here? Says, well, you know, we're 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 here to start uh, start a church called Focus Church. And uh, like, okay. Well, instantly, with kind of the the hand went up. I will play games with you. I talk to you, I'll teach your kids, but don't try to convert. Okay, you want some chips? <laughs> so, 
want a refill on that Pepsi? Look at that, you know. And uh, so, okay, we're, you know, we're not trying to convert you. But over time, you know, they, they invited her to an alpha course. You guys know what the alpha course is? Alpha course is a, is a, play, is a time when you come together, you invite unsafe people to, to a, um, um, what do you call it, to a, like to a, to a meal. You invite them to a meal. You serve them a nice meal, then you watch a video, or, you, or actually a live presentation where they kind of explain explain who Jesus is and why Jesus died and, and you know, all of these. It just basically lays out the gospel. I mean, it's like 13 weeks and every week is the gospel based around a different topic. And uh, so they invited her to come. They were the table hosts. And so at the end of the end of, so this, the meal and the, the, the talk, the, then, then it's, it's like they all get to ask their question mark, the, the, the questions. The, 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 the logo for Alpha is a question mark. That's their logo. Because you get to ask questions. And so normally in a Bible study, you know, Bible study is like, well, what, do you, what does the scripture mean? And what are you, you, know, you going to do about it? Right? That's kind of a typical Bible study. Well, we all have an answer. We all have an opinion. And so we try to figure it out, right? So... But actually, Alpha is not designed differently than that. It's like, well, what do you think about that? Okay, well, what do you think about that? Well, what do you think about what she said? What do you think about what he said? What do you, what do you think about it? You've been quiet tonight. What do you think about that? What do you think about that one? So it's a place where you can, I don't know, what, what, is that, what did that guy mean when he said this? You know, it's finding a place to ask questions. Well, I don't believe that. Okay. Clearly, they've gotten the message. Already, over and over and over. Well, around week three or four, she bows the knee, her knee, and her partner gave her life to Jesus. Wow. Pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, so she shows up. We're just starting Focus Church at that time. I had moved from Lithuania to Estonia to help them. I was leading that that group, or leading the teaching, and then she was uh, the McKinleys were uh, part of that. They were the table hosts, and she gave her life to Christ. And, Started Focus Church, and so she's been there from the beginning. And uh, this is in this picture. So she she came all the way through this discipleship discipleship one on one discipleship, and she's also came through bells. She's learned bells. And this picture that's the five year anniversary in October of 2019. And in that picture, she's the pastor. That's who the pastor was talking about. Wow. She's the new pastor. She's been the pastor for a couple of years. I'm not sure how long. She's the pastor. Yeah, she has some growing pains, but she, you know, she just came from, you know, 19, you know, 2014. She was, she was, a, you know, unbeliever. Don't talk about Jesus. There's going to be some growing pains there. But you know, she's leading the church now. It's growing. It's expanding. COVID hasn't been really nice to that church, you know. It's hard, some hard times, but it's on the mend. It's coming back. It's coming back. And so, this is an example of bells that worked. And we all worked together. God brought people together to, to draw Christian into a right relationship with God. So I challenge you, what are you going to do here in your own life. What a, who can you bless? Who can you meet with? Who can you listen to? Can you listen to the voice of the Spirit? Can you learn Jesus? And can you listen? That's what we do in, in Lithuania. 
rocket science, but it's being effective. It's effective where, where we're doing it. We need more people to help us. And so I'm asking you to pray with us. I'm going to ask you to pray specifically today for Latvia, the country of Latvia, uh, the country just to the north of Lithuania where we are. We have currently have no service of God, U.S. personnel there. And uh, it's breaking my heart. And so uh, let's take a moment and close this in prayer and then uh, just uh, pray for Latvia as well. Father, I thank you that you have called us each to walk closely with you. We ask that you would bless this church. And Lord, if, if this message has found a fertile soil, I pray that it would take root and grow and that it would, it would, uh, it would produce fruit, lasting fruit for the kingdom of God. Many, many believers and disciples who are sold out for you and want to want to learn, want to love you, and be a part of what you are doing. I thank you, God, for Latvia, the country of Latvia. Lord, uh, you know the situation there with various uh, different groups that want to, to have you know, their, their name be bigger than the other one. And the church isn't perfect there. The Lord, you are. And you can bring wholeness and unity to that place. And I pray that you would raise up a strong church planting team leader, Lord, to gather around them a, uh, a group of, of believers, of, uh, of team members who will go and learn the Latin language. Not an easy language, it's a difficult language, but Lord, that then they would plant the church, they would share Jesus, that they would they would bless people, they would eat with them, they would listen to the voice of the Spirit, that they would learn Jesus, and that they would live sent. And so God, we just ask your blessing upon and upon and upon this church in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to finish up with the 